how do you drown a shark? That yeah. is the question because you you have to drown him. You have to make him uncomfortable and you have to hurt him. So we're here, Experience Real Podcast with Mason the Dragon Jones, Cage Warriors double champ. Double champ. How's it feeling, mate? Oh, mate. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, it's no a pleasure problems, to be man. sat in the garage getting it done. Thanks for coming <laughs> in, bro. But um, yeah, good. Uh, obviously, the first belt I won, um, that sounds wild, um, in March. Yeah. That was something that I've always wanted to do, and it was always on my goal list to win. Like, it wasn't like something that was that exciting for me to win because I always knew I was going to do it like it was it, it was always something I knew was just going to be part of the, the journey and yeah. um, it was just a milestone to take off so I was more so I had a lot to say after the fight like um, obviously my friend was in hospital at the time he's actually out November 30th now so he's done a massive recovery um, oh, play. he had um, a sort of sudden paralysis he did um, it's OC something um, first of all he thought it was um, Gillian Barnes and he thought it was transverse my ass all of them take about five years to recover and he's done pretty much a year now, um, just under a year, and he, he's looking to come out. Obviously, he's not fully recovered. He'll be on um, like a Zimmer, and he'll be struggling with his fine motor control, but he's up and moving, and he's the same age, age as me, so he's a sudden, sudden turn on. Good footballer, really healthy, like loves a party, but um, all of a sudden then he was in, in bed, couldn't move. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so um, I had all the stuff about him I wanted to say, so there was all this stuff I wanted to say, so it was more so like <laughs> I remember watching it back now, and they put the belt on my waist, and I look miserable, and it's just because I'm trying to think of everything. Everything's in your head. Yeah, whereas the second belt, sort of the situation fell into my lap. It was, um, Adam Proctor was meant to fight Reese McGee. Um, obviously, Reese McGee, like we just talked about, got signed yeah. the UFC. Um, and then he told me literally a couple of hours before it got announced that he'd signed. So I was like, right. And we'd already looked at Adam Proctor because after this fight, they was like, oh, look. It's like, no one at Welter, you could win the Weltweight belt. So I was like, oh, we'll think about it, think about it. So I looked at Adam, I looked Adam up. And then, like, obviously with COVID, it was really hard for him to find the opposition. There was no one at Lightweight. There, there was no one. Yeah. Like, everyone was calling for the party fight, but he's managed by the same opponent me, uh, manager as me. Like, I'd, I would have loved to have fought him, but it just didn't make sense, that side of things. And I didn't really see that he deserved it because even though he's good, he'd only been on a one-fight win streak since he'd lost. He's been out for a while as well. He'd been out he? for yeah. a while. Well, he's broke his hand again, so he's Is out he for out again, yeah. yeah. He's so, had um, some luck, hasn't he? Yeah, he hasn't had the best luck. He's a nice guy, but um, he hasn't had the best luck. Um Anyway, so I didn't really know who I was going to fight. I had no clue. Um, so this Adam Proctor fight was there. So I was like, oh, like, do you want to take a risk on it? And they were all, they were all laughed. They said, look, if you want to do it, he said, we'll back you, whatever. So I rang, <laughs> I texted my manager and said, uh, so now Reese McGee signed, Adam Proctor doesn't have an opponent. It looked like he was matching him against Reese. I was like, I'd love that fight, the welterweight. Yeah. I'd love to fight for the welterweight title. And um he just sent me loads of laughing faces back and said, look, if you're serious about it, we'll have a chat and we'll let you know. So um, I texted the matchmaker as well because I knew he was meeting Graham and said I won that fight. And then he was like, look, he was like, your future's at lightweight. Duh, duh, duh. I said, yeah, of course it is. I said, I'm going to stay at lightweight. I said, I just want to win that belt as well. I said, yeah. I'll do it as a lightweight. There's no problem. So um, they decided for ages, took ages and ages. And I think they were looking for obviously different avenues and stuff, but they wanted a big high headline fight. They wanted a big fight to sort of sell the trilogy. And obviously, me fighting a super fight at Welter was was a massive fight because oh, obviously huge, like yeah. massive risk. Uh, well, <laughs> you're not going to say how, yeah, like as in, yeah, yeah. you know, no, you're already was, a champion. You're yeah. taking on someone in a higher weight class. But I took on someone who was six foot three when I'm five ten, 
and someone who probably went in there about 88, 90 key. Um, we weighed in at 77, so that's, well, 170 pounds. So he's probably in there like 205. Yeah, yeah. he's a big boy, isn't he? Big boy. Man, the weigh-in, the weigh-ins, like I was, you know, just looking at it and the well, height difference was <laughs> The weigh-ins mental. was big, but then when we went in the actual cage and they saw the difference in the height of the two of us, like, for me, I was just laughing by the time I was in there because I knew, I knew I had, I had his measure, I knew I was going to do him, but, um, uh, for everyone else watching at home, like the height difference was massive. Like Graham said, um, obviously uh, Graham Island, who's the general manager yeah. of the Cage Warriors, I spoke to him after the fight, and he said, he said, like, he said, I, he said, I, I thought he was going to do it. He said, and then um, I saw the height difference in in there, and I thought, oh, maybe you have bit off too much. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's that's what was good about it. Do you know what I mean? But um, big reward like, from it as well, isn't it? Big reward, and um, I cut. I did exactly the same weight cut I do for lightweight. I just didn't cut no water, so I was underweight the night before. To be honest, I was like. Um, I was t- well, I was a tiny bit over, but I knew I'd be under by the next day. So I drank some liquid, had a bit to eat, nothing big, just some rice cakes, quick digestible food, a little pass. And then um, the next day, we woke up early. Um, I made sure that my weight was down. I had a bit of a bath just to relax my legs, not to get weight off. Yeah. And then um, when my weight was low, I had my first recovery drink that I normally do after weigh-ins, and I managed to get food in. So I started recovering a long time before. So it just speeds up the whole process because normally we'd have about 36 hours. I think this time we had about 40, 42. So it, it just makes... Again, everything better, and that was the best I've ever felt. In yeah, I think you could see it as well. You could see the difference in the power. Like when he was le- when he was getting you, it was just a totally different ball game. When you hit him, you yeah. could just tell like well, it was rocking him compared to the other, the other way around. This is the thing. Like even in in all all my fights, like people they don't understand until I start hit hitting them. Like when you get hit by me, it's a completely different ball game because like I've been around the block, like I. Like I said earlier, I've, tra- I've trained 18 years um, yeah. in this sport. It'll be 19 um, in November, I believe. Nin- either this November or next November. I'm sure, it's this November. It'll be 19 years. Um, I'll have to check out because my math. More of your life than not, like. But yeah, more of my life than not. Like, and it's not even the fact that I've been training. Like, even when I was a kid, like, there was nothing else. There was nothing else I wanted to do. Like, um, I never, I was never a big drinker when he was coming through. Um, obviously, I like I liked to go out with the boys and I like to enjoy myself, but I was always a Desi, a Desi driver. I was always the one looking after people. Like, I never really, I never really liked drinking. I've been tea, completely sober now for, like, teetotal for nearly four years, three and a half years. Wow, wicked, man. So Like, on purpose, obviously. Purposely, yeah. Like, I'm not an alcoholic. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to just the fact that... Um, it was just like I turn up training, like we go out on weekends, and even if you didn't, even if you had a little bit of drink or you you hadn't really drank, because I wasn't used to it, I'd feel it for days anyway. And then even like the boys I knew was drinking a lot, you could see the difference in their performance and like with the weight management and stuff. Like I, I was training as a pro when I was fifteen. Do you know what I mean so? Like my friends were going out drinking at fifteen. Like <laughs> most of my friends started drinking like thirteen. Yeah. Mean? So they was on um like they they was on some serious narcotics at fifteen. <laughs> so um. I, I just be- never been interested. No, I, I'll talk for days. <laughs> so I, I, I bet you've seen plenty of people who probably had great potential and sort of massive, uh, fell massively. off with the beer when well, they turned 18. I even know a lot of boys who have, were doing, like living the dream, do you know what I mean? Like they're in the highest promotions, they're doing well and they're sacrificing their career because they just cannot live without doing it. Do you mad, mean? It? And there's such a social custom of to, to drink and this and that. Like with young uh, youngsters now, like I remember, like I said, like my friends... Like, 15, 16, they were touching base and smoking weed and stuff. Like, nothing serious, um, but drugs that were about then. And then, obviously, by about 17, 18, they started, obviously, coke and stuff like that, just, which is normal now. Right? Mate, it's the way of the world, but, um, isn't it? Like, I, I know boys who were taking coke at 13 now. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just crazy, like, man. It's crazy. Like, people can't even go out and enjoy themselves, though, doing it. And, like, I know 
boys who like good and good friends with who, who they go out and they they cannot like enjoy themselves without getting drugs. And as soon as they have one drink, they're like, "Oh, we gotta get in, gotta get in." I'm like, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Like when I go out with my mates, not not me, not me personally. Like, but sometimes you know it can take over, and uh, I I think like development, especially like 13 years old. Do you know what I mean? That's gonna kill a lot of dreams, man. Yeah. And it's it's no good for you. Like, well, I I know a really good football player, really really good who. Um, was playing Premier League teams, really interested, and um, like he, he had a lot going for him, a lot going for him, and um, his family had struggled with alcoholism, and he just dissolved in, in into it, sort of thing, and um, like he's blown it just because he did, he he wanted a drink and he wanted a party, and it's like I understand, like obviously I I want to party as much as the other person, like I even used to love going out sober and stuff, but um, it even got to the point where I realised even going out like the late nights and like you're going out and like you're on your feet for like nine or ten hours the next day then you're recovering and then you're back training Monday or like people want you to spar on Sundays and you've been out God you've slept like three four hours and yeah. you're trying to go sparring with world class pros do you mean it's Takes just not work well it's like even so sober and then um, he just got to the point where I just couldn't be asked like the only reason I was going out really was just to meet people do you mean like um, I was never really interested in relationships because relationships didn't didn't work with the schedule I was keeping. I had no money. Um, like we've spoken about it this year. This will be the first year since I started a career in martial arts. Um, well, which was fifteen. Like I was getting taken out of school at fifteen to train full time. This will be the first year I actually make a profit this year. Wow, that's um, mad, isn't it? First year. So um, like most of the time, um, like a lot of people who watch this, if they know me, like I've gone or they watch, follow me on Instagram, anything, they'll see like I've done camps in Team Alpha Male, all sorts. And like that was money I I had a bit of money I got left to me, so I was I used every penny of it to go. Do you know what I mean? So um, you invest in yourself. I invest in myself, and it was just sort of like like rather than go on holidays or rather than buy a car, rather than this or do this or put money into a house. I was like, I just want to go go away and train with the best people in the world. Do you know what I mean? And um, like that's the difference. Like I, there's nothing I run really sacrifice for it. Yeah, and um, it's worked out. Um, like I used to sacrifice relationships all the time, and I never really wanted to commit to anything because they always wanted like girls, whether they meant or not. They wanted to go out. They wanted to to have to like go out for meals and stuff. I couldn't eat because I was either cutting weight or I was skint. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted nice cars, and like I had a nice nice enough car, but um, like the mileage and the way I used to drive and the way I used to go training all the time and stuff, and it just it builds up. Do you mean so? Um, I never really, never really had the money to do that, um, and they won all this stuff, and I was just not interested until I met my girlfriend now, and um, like she, um, sorry, sorry about, she uh, she was an Olympic taekwondo. She's got oh. a Commonwealth Games bronze medal. She's got an Olympic qualifier gold medal. Like she's done more at high sport, a high level sport than I have. Um, she competed at a way higher level than I have, and. Um, like she is completely different to every other girl I met, so she encourages me all the time. Um, she helps with everything she can. She's studying law now, actually. So um, she, again, that'll be a massive, <laughs> massive <laughs> line, But she's insane. So um, class, man. That'll, yeah. that'll really. Uh, it's really good to have someone who understands the position you're in because she knows how much training it's going to take. Hundred percent. And then obviously she criticizes the. My, yeah, I have my seen you talking about that quite <sighs> a bit. Yeah, Honestly, the kicks, the kicks. Yeah. So um, my fight against Joe. Um, I threw like apart from the calf kick, the calf kick was chopping nice, and um, I threw one or one nice oblique, I think, or a couple of nice obliques. Um, oblique kicks at at the joint of the knee, obviously yeah. the straight kicks of the knee. I like to throw, um, but anything I threw above the waist, like she pulled me off afterwards, and she didn't even say anything. She was like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> she was like, "You're embarrassing me." She was like, you, "You've improved so much." She was like, "You just can't put a cover in there." I was like, "I literally just smoked 
a really, really good guy in one round. <laughs> I'm and the champ now, you know, like, and you're talking and me like this. Shit, <laughs> she knows the same as I do. I love criticism. I love it. Um, like, when people pick holes in my game and they explain why they think I should improve on, it just helps so much. Like, my coaches, they know how much I like it. Like, um, criticism for me is just, it's room to improve on. Like, I've never understood when people don't want criticism because... I'm a very arrogant person when it comes to training in the gym. I know how good I am. And I know how good I'm going to be. Um, and I think you've got to be that way. But for me, to stay arrogant, you have to know where you're going to improve. Yeah. Because if you don't know, then you're just going to get shown up. So I love getting, like, I love getting submitted in, in the gym. Like I've always believed if you're not getting caught or you're not getting beaten in the gym, then you're in the wrong gym. Do you know what I mean? You're in the wrong yeah, room. Yeah, so, for sure. um, I love, I love that. I love it. Like I love being put in positions that other people find uncomfortable. Like, um, one of the times I trained in Team Alpha Male, uh, Darren Elkins, who fights in UFC. So um, he's really good. He's got a weird style, yeah. So um, like striking, I I I could smash him striking. But then we get the wrestling exchanges, and his wrestling's okay. It's nothing like hard to deal with. But he's dangerous where he, with what he's good at. Um, yeah. But I I could out wrestle him a lot. And then um, <laughs> I remember he got me attacked on the once, and he's got the weirdest ground game style, which is. It is literally like putting being under a clamp where if he catches you in something and you don't react fast enough, you would you are dead in order. Like he stalls you and as soon as you stall and like the momentum stops, you're not going anywhere. It's like being stuck in the mud. Yeah. And he put me in the deepest hole. <laughs> and I remember I was just trying to escape, trying to escape, and he was just dropping bombs on me, he was flattening me out. And he literally broke me in that round and I loved it. I went straight back in the next week and um, he never caught me in that position again. And I made sure I knew what I needed to do to make sure he never it never happened again. The, the benefit that's, that's what I love do you know what I mean the benefit of being caught in it in that training session yeah, rather than turning up to a fight now when you're in that position you know like this is how I'm gonna well, I'm, I'm really gonna hard to out. keep down now because I worked on it I'm really hard to sort of submit anyway but I'm really hard to be kept in these positions because I've worked so hard at getting back out so that I know that if someone gets me there like especially these Dagestanis because they're good at taking people down so you have to know eventually you're gonna go down you have to know how to get back up Yeah. and you have to know how to get back up in the way because you have to just keep them uncomfortable and keep them working so they burn out in the end because if they take you down, you are you you're down. That's it for the round. But it's like, do I stay there and let them sort of put pressure on me, which doesn't cost them any energy, which is the wrong thing to do, or do I keep going back up, keep working, keep making them work, and keep making them struggle? And that's how you'll get gas. I'm like, that's how you drown a shark. That's, yeah, yeah. That's how you beat the I think it's classmate going over to Alpha Male and getting that American experience as well because over in the UK, obviously you've got like high-level grapplers and stuff, but it's just, like, doesn't ever seem to quite be the same, does it? They tend to... They, they've grown up with it, haven't they, with the wrestling and stuff? It's Ooh. just a different style. So, um, like, the whole reason I started judo in the first place was so I could deal with wrestlers because, like, when I sort of was talking to my dad about it, and he always knew the same sort of I did, this is what I wanted to do. He said, look, you need a wrestling base. Wrestling in the UK isn't up, up to scratch. So, um... Let's try judo. Judo's really good in the UK. It's got really high level. It's an Olympic sport. So the interest is there. The amount of clubs. Like I know in um, in France, there's over 3,000 judo clubs alone without really? how many students they got. Like it's a national sport of France. Yeah. So the, the high level, the, the, sorry, the level of judo in Europe is insane. It's insane. So uh, like even in the UK, the UK is really, really, really good. Like it was such a wake up call to compete, to, the, to compete on the UK circuits when I was a kid and realized like, where I'd been running like the ty- the kickboxing circuits I'd done, and like I thought I had like good enough style and good ground game and stuff. I started going to these judo tournaments and just getting absolutely smoked. So um, it was just the way people talked to it. Like it was treated as a professional sport from kids. So yeah, just to train an elite sport like I makes a massive difference. And the, the the way you look at look at everything, like the way we do analysis, the way we train, everything you, you do as a pro, which is the difference I found to most people in um, 
cage warriors. Like a lot of people who think they're training full time don't really understand full time training the way we got brought up on it, which is you suffer week in week out yeah. for that goal. Do you know what I mean? So talking about that, one of my questions is what is what does your weekly schedule look like? What does a week of training for Mason Jones look like? So I'm trying to pencil a new one out at the moment, but the way it looks most days, I train three to three to four times a day in camp. Um, when I'm outside of camp, it's usually two to three. Um, but in camp, it's three to fours. I get my runs in um, three times a week. So I do eight, 8K runs over a slow pace, over an hour. Sorry. Um, I'm in the, the gym doing my striking sessions most mornings. So um, like Monday, I'll box. Um, Tuesday, I'll do a kicking session. Then I'll box. Wednesday, I'll spar. Well, sorry. Wednesday morning, I'll do tie boxing. I'll spar after it. Um, boxing, sparring after it. Um, Thursday uh, I'll kick and then I'll do pads after it and Friday I'll do uh, I'll just do pads so and then um, af- after it it's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday I lift um, Wednesday obviously is, that's me trying to sort my new program out so Wednesday will probably be Thursday so it'll be Monday, Thursday, Friday I lift and then um, I'm, I I get MMA sparring in Thursday and Sunday um, like I said boxing sparring Wednesday and then Monday night Monday night off, Tuesday. To be honest, I still haven't even penciled my, my, my schedule out completely, <laughs> but it is like that. So I'll spar three days a week. I'll get my S&C in three days a week. I'll run three days a week, and then all the rest will be t- technical. That's intense, isn't sessions. it? Yeah, it's a lot. Like Team Alpha Male, I like because obviously their schedule's there, and you can pick and choose what sessions to go do. So for me, I literally hit all the intense sessions, and I get my, my work in apart from there, and I go out there and I work. like They, they like that. Like it, I think after my first trip, I got on so well with them because they realised I was there to train off for a holiday because yeah. so many people go out there and they train once or twice and then they literally they want to go out and do other things or they see the train, country they and have a bit of a holiday like yeah and then you get the other people who go and they train they don't like the level they get beat up and they stop whereas I love that I mean like I, I love getting pushed so um, for me I, I love going out, out there um, one of the things I am looking forward to is when when my UFC contract comes, because it is going to come eventually. 100%. When that contract comes, um, I'll get a works visa so I can go out to Cali and I can spend my winters in Cali because I'm fed up with the cold in the UK, man. Maybe that'll be quality, wouldn't it? Oh, I bet it's depressing. I'll be getting up for their morning runs, mate. Oh, but like, everything I do now is on treadmill, so it's inside. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. More. Um, Mainly because cause I was starting to run in the winter months because obviously we have the ice and the rain. I nearly slipped. Well, I slipped three times. And... Um, Twice I rolled my ankle to the point where I thought, oh shit. Um, but lucky I didn't do any damage because I'd already, I've injured my ankle before from boxing. So um, uh, went again, I went out, um, I went out for New Year's the one year, um, sober. Uh, for Black Eye Friday, I think it was over, over Christmas, not New Year's. Um, well, anyway, I went out, um, did drink, drove, and uh, I had a boxing fight coming up at the end of, Jan- end of January. So I knew I shouldn't have been coming out. My old man um, was. Don't go out, don't go out. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I want. Of course, I went out. And I remember one of my brother's friends is excited and he pushed me, joking around in one of the clubs. And I stepped and someone dropped the glass. And as I stepped, the glass, the glass went. And I rolled my ankle and fell into it. And um, that was it then. I had to crawl out, out of the club, go to the hospital, and I had like a grade two tear. So um, I had loads of recovery to do. And then I did all my cardio on a bike for that fight. But the fight went fine, but still less. Hey, I bet it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like the life of a fighter, having to live through, I expect plenty of injuries and trying to come out the other end like it must take some serious doing not to tweak something or well, like with all them sessions because I know sometimes I have a hard week or something yeah. and I'm wrecked <laughs> <laughs> to be fair like the the most chance of in, in injury I've ever no, 
my old experience is you get injured when you're messing around or you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. It's always the same. Like um, one of the one of the times I fought, um, I fought. I had a comp coming up when I was doing jiu-jitsu. I um, I crashed a, mo- a motorbike before I'd been a dick. <laughs> um, I'd like hurt myself skydiving, um, or I've hurt myself messing around with the boys, or doing something stupid. Oh, it's always something you shouldn't be doing. Not in the training out. itself. Yeah, in always training. Outside. Like obviously you you get training in, in injuries, but like. Because I'm so careful who I train with, and I I know like how far to push my body now, or when I need to sit a roll out. Like I understand training hard. There's always training hard, but then there's there's training hard, and there's when you need to take a rest day, or when you need to know you're overtraining, start seeing the symptoms, and know like if I train, I'm gonna take an injury. And so obviously they, like there's like clashes of heads, or there's fingers and eyes, and stuff always happen, or like, you catch a knee. Um, but like most of the time if you've got the right pads on you you catch an elbow or something it's not going to cut you if your face is vast up and you catch a yeah. head it's probably not going to cut you it'll bruise but it probably won't cut so it's all these things like leading up to the Adam Proctor fight I was covered in bruises um, I had a black eye for like three weeks because I, it was black the one week it started to heal and I got blacked again and again it was just like um, the first time one of the boys threw a punch and I moved a stupid way into it and he caught me with just the joint of the knuckles yeah. here so it wasn't padded so obviously padded covers you and he caught with his knuckles and it was literally just like a slap my eye went up and then um, I stick her back down got the bruising out um, was banging like um, uh, what's it called give us a name Arnick Arnica, Arnica is it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff, the, it, yeah to get the bruising out and it all went down and then I was training because obviously I can't spar if you have black eyes because if you spar if you get caught with bruise it'll just split so right. the, a lot of the boxing teams I spar with won't let me spar if I've got a black eye so um, uh-huh. they'll let me with a little bruising because since I've, I've cut both <laughs> they 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 just go black all the time. Like yeah, I'll wake up and doesn't take a lot. Like well, they're um, tender all the time. No, nah, the scars I don't notice in in my face to be honest. But it's just like um, where they must have been scarred before. Like um, they just darken sometimes. It always looks like I got two to hack, um, black eyes. But um, yeah, it's just like I said, dealing with niggles and stuff. So like some days I'll wake up and I have like stiff knees or stiff ankles yeah. and stuff. But it's just. I do a lot of recovery. I do a lot of stretching. Well, I, I don't do enough stretching. I should be doing more. Who does? There's always something more. <laughs> you know what I mean? But because um, like, I I got a good schedule where like I kick um, I kick like twice a week. Um, I got Thai boxing once a week, so I'm working my knees and elbows. I do all the rest. I'm striking in the mornings. Then I'm lifting as well. Yeah. S and C is a massive thing for if you've got a good S and C coach for um, preventing injuries. Lifting is such a massive thing. Um, it can either cause injuries if you're not balancing it with other things. Because obviously, um, when you're, you're tearing tissues and you're lifting obviously that can develop tightness and muscle tightness yeah. so like leading up to the fight um christy raby was doing massages for me um she's big shout out there um and that made a massive difference so um that's something i'll look into do, doing and getting done more just getting rubbed down once a week yeah um again just prevent injuries and then the other thing i was doing like cold water therapy um and um sort of like hydrotherapy in like a jacuzzi so nothing like oh, right. not proper hydrotherapy so like but ice baths and stuff like ice that ice baths and yeah. um just to rep- help repair tissues and um, like ice hours and stuff and then um like jumping in in like a jacuzzi once a week and just making sure you're sort of relaxed and help the muscles relax yeah because I, I hate our hot hot uh, baths because do, yeah. um, I do all my weight cuts in in, in a bath oh, I hate them <laughs> bad memories uh, like well I, I won't use a sauna because we, we've got a thing against saunas because it sort of dries you from the inside out. So your organs are the first thing to get tried out. So when I water cut, I never use saunas. So I always ah, right. baths. But um, then obviously I got... <laughs> I'm so used to cutting weight in a bath. It's just agony. Like this time, the reason I was able to go back into training so quick. So like we said earlier, I um, when I fought this time, uh, I fought Adam on the, sat- on the Saturday. It was one four-minute round, four-and-a-half-minute round. Um, 
we had a late night then because everyone was celebrating afterwards. So I didn't get to sleep until about four o'clock because they were just loud. And me and my girlfriend jumped in bed early, um, just had to chill them because yeah. everything had been so mental with all the isolation and stuff. We just wanted to relax. Um, going to bed, and we knew how bad it was going to be because um, when I looked at my phone after the fight, so after the fight, it'd been by the time I got out, it'd probably been two and a half hours. By the time I got back to my phone, or two hours, I got tagged in 150 Instagram posts. Mental, I bet. And I had over. Well, on on my Instagram requests, it was just ninety nine plus. <laughs> so that just kept increasing. How do you keep up with that? Well, I had over five thousand messages. We we That's went through all carnage. of them. We replied to every single message. Like obviously, I reply most to most messages on Instagram. Like some sometimes you get wild messages which you just look at and you just think, nah, not not a day. Not Don't you, even. mate. But uh, most of the time, I'll reply as long as it's something sensible. And there's nothing like do you know I mean like semi nudes or um, <laughs> the one I get a lot. Is there many of them? Not, not so much. Most, most <laughs> ones I care is um, either or my friend would be a really good fight against you. I get a couple of them, or it's um, boost your Instagram content by oh, so paying this fee, and I'm like delete. Don't Thousand need subscribers, ten pound. Do you know what I mean? Just grow up. I know it's a crazy world they were in, mate. That's where that's pretty much why people are living their lives these days in Instagram. Well, t- to be fair, for me, um, my retirement fund, the way I look at it, my retirement fund is going to be my Instagram. Like that's why I'm big on. I'm big on. Finding ways to make money so that um, you don't have to live off, off, off a fight purse because I know too many fighters, really good fighters, who get injuries or they have bad fights and then they're out for a while. Yeah. And then um, they're living off, off off the purse of a loss, which is nothing when you get taxed, you get paid on. Like, people look at UFC purses as big money, but starting salaries in UFC is 10 and 10. So that's 10 grand for a win and 10 grand for... for uh, yeah. Sorry, 10 grand for turning up and an extra 10 grand for a win. So it's a win bonus on top so UFC obviously they do it because if you've got two fighters on 10 and 10 then one of them is going to win and so they're only paying out 30 instead yeah, of paying fight, 40 yeah. so um, it looks better for obviously the fighters and they can balance their box which makes pure sense to me well if you lose you're only getting 10 grand then you have to pay your coaches then you're paying your manager so you're losing what 20 to 30 percent there already so um, you're stuck with seven grand then um, you would have to pay your bills and stuff for camp fees, so you're down to what five, four grand. Yeah. So if you're only fighting one year, you've got four grand for the year. Sounds so like know. a lot of money. Like ten, when you say ten or twenty grand for a fight, it sounds like a lot of money. But when you break it all down, time. realize what you're left with. The way I want to do it, I want to get to a place where I'm earning fifty grand a year through sponsors um, and through everything else I can earn money from. Wherever I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm going to start my own business in the next year or two. Um, I just got to get a couple of things sorted. Uh, Say what in or? No. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to sort a YouTube channel out now. That'll be another bit, big one. Definitely make do sort it. Sort YouTube out just for a day in the life of, it's all, sort, all sorted, thankfully. So I got a good crew who's going to help. And then um, I just got to get my schedule sorted so they know what sessions they can drop in on. We can start putting in place and then start building up subscribers and stuff, which shouldn't be too hard considering my Instagram's nearly 11K now. Yeah. So it'll be pretty easy to get that 1K subscribers to start. And then... Um, Especially when we do, I'll probably do a giveaway for something. Yeah, wicked, uh, mate. Some money or something good. Um, Did you get a big boost off this last fight? <laughs> yeah. I bet it was mental, wasn't it? So, um, before the fight, I was 8,003, I think, 8,003. 8, and I woke up in 24 hours, I'd hit 10K. Class. Fight. Yeah, yeah. So, it's crazy, do you know what I mean? But um, now we're nearly at 11. That's considering I've been that busy with stuff, I haven't been managing my social media that well. And with everything we going on with all the lockdowns and stuff it's been hard to get like a good photographer in 
or people to get good shots because it's good content yeah the, the hardest thing so lucky enough um another good shout out sash shots um he's a guy from cardiff who pops around to the gyms and just takes photo of the fighters just yeah i've seen some of his work it's class and if it play some of the stuff he does is shit up. Well, he doesn't charge any of us and he sends us photos, so I've always had a lot of respect for Sash because, again, he's given us a service because he likes the hobby of it and he likes the, the art to it. So um, he gets to watch sparring and yeah. it, we're all happy enough to have, have him there. So, um, yeah, he did take some awesome shots for us. Um, Dolly Clue, who is the official Cage Warriors photographer, she took some awesome shots for me. But there's only, <laughs> there's only so many of those shots you can post before you start <laughs> running out. So um, I need to get some new content. So... Um, yeah, hopefully with this now I can get some um I get some work for that and I can get some videos and stuff yeah. put up and all sorts. Mate, definitely like get the revenue streams going, innit? Because you're you're in a prime spot now. Like yeah. the spotlight's on you really, innit? It's only it? gonna increase, do you mean? So if I can get this in place now, we can get a video out next week before anything starts kicking in. Um, it should all start going on, do you know what I mean, on, on the way up. I mean catching the right time so that like the deal I'm gonna have with the the crew is sort of like eventually I don't want it to I like I'm not gonna take any money from the YouTube and then eventually when it starts earning money they'll they can take and use that as a salary and then when yeah. we get there we can start talking when we're earning decent money. definitely mate do but it for me it's just um for sponsors and again for publicity wise it'll just it's something else for you to grow Jeremy. You know I mean? yeah so, again retirement funds for sure mate mate you cut hell of a promo at the end of the fight hell of a promo like i watched watched the video earlier like and it's just quality you literally said exactly what you want i mean i don't know there's no way they can deny you is there there's no way there's no way now. Hopefully not. Hope hopefully not not. So um yeah, I'm still waiting, but um hopefully I'll have a um I'll have a new contract and a date soon. Who, who do you want to fight like when you can step in? Is Everyone. there any names? Everyone. Everyone. Justin Gaethje. Do you know what I mean imagine that, that fight? I'd love that fight. That'd be a hell of a strike hell in exchange. Really. But um obviously I I'm happy enough to earn, earn my way through, earn some fights and work my way up. Um, like a ten over record sounds fantastic, but it's still novice from record. Do I mean, like it's yeah. not an experience. I'm only starting to step into the into the deep end now, so um, I'm happy with wherever they want to give me. If they want to throw me to the walls, then um, we'll see. Do I mean I, I'm happy to play? So uh, wherever they want, I'm yeah I'm game for. I'll put on performance, win or lose. It's a stacked division, man, and as well, and it lightweight. Light, it, lightweight, lightweight is, is the art. Yeah, I'm I'm not over proud of the weight. Like I'm five foot ten. Um, I that that weight is perfect for me um it's a hard enough cut i'm still cutting quite a lot of weight um like when i did the welterweight i still dieted to make welterweight like that yeah. was it i'm still at i still had to cut quite a lot of weight but nothing near <laughs> that i do for lightweight but i like the lightweight cut i, yeah. I like it i look a bit like i've been doing heroin after weighing but um, <laughs> i feel good as long as you haven't been you all good yeah, <laughs> it's all true do i mean that's that's not the way i i make weight but as long as you're making weight up to you and a mate class honestly like yeah i think like I said, stack division. Some of the names in there, mental. Like I got, I got a few on screen. Like Dan Hooker, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, um, Habib, uh, Barbosa. Oh, Barbosa's got a featherweight. Yeah, he's forty-five. Um, Paul now, Felder. Um, is Kevin Lee's got a welter? Or is he still yeah, lightweight? Yeah, he's still like well, he's lightweight on you anyway. And Iaquinta. Iaquinta. Ferreira's in there as well. Like he's, he's number eight. Like. Who did he fight last off? I don't even know. I can't remember. Terrible names. Terrible names go to faces. That's why I I only know the lightweight division. I'm terrible when it comes to names. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if they stick, stuck you in there with someone like, I don't know, Iaquinta off the off, like, how, how do you feel it's going to go? Like, do you... I think I can beat everyone. Yeah. You've, you've got, got to be. Like I said, like, you, you've got to have that, that arrogance about you, that quiet confidence. Because I think there is a fine balance between confidence and arrogance. And 
whichever way you sway to, you you've just got to be in the positive. Do you know I mean you can't be going in there like I don't, I don't get nervous before before I fight in, in anymore because I do all the work. Um, everything's prepared. Like yeah, even when I've I've gone in carrying injuries, which I've done before, it's good practice anyway because you're always there's always going to be something like, um, the Conor McGregor thing. Like hate him or love him, he beat um, Chad Mendes with a torn ACL. Do you know what I mean so? That, yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard enough to beat Chad Mendes. Like that guy is unbelievable without doing it with a torn ACL. So, like, that's the level you've got to be at. You've got to be willing to, to handle these fights with injuries. You've got to be able to beat these these top guys, no matter whether you're 100% or whether you're 80%. Like, you've just got to be able to beat them. Got to go through the fire. Like, mate, well, your name's been banded around a lot in the same sentences lately as well. So, being uh, both double champs and cage warriors, how does it feel to sort of, you know, have your name next to his? Oh, it's cool. Um, it's a lot to work up to, but I think it just sets the foundations for what I'm going to do. Like, I'm a legacy fighter. I've always said that. Like, I want to go in there and I want to write my own legacy. So, Dan Hardy was the first. Obviously, Conor McGregor yeah. is the next. They're both legends in sport, and Mason Jones is definitely going to be up, up, up there. Because, like, I've got the skills to pack it up. I know I have. And every time I fight, I get better. Like, my coach said this week, he said, like, not lick your ass or anything. He said, you sparred Sunday. He said, it's the best I've seen you. I said, the best you've seen me so far. He said, I get better than that. And he just laughs. Like, that's my attitude on it. It's like, I love, I love getting submitted in the gym. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I love getting caught with big shots. Like, I'm, I'm box inspiring with Jamie Cox. I drop his name in nearly every interview I do lately now because the guy's a beast. Yeah. Absolute beast. He's one of, he's a, he, he's a natural uh, MMA held away, which is super middle in boxing. And the guy hits so hard. Yeah. <laughs> so the Joel McColgan fight, before the Joel McColgan fight, about four weeks out, he dropped me with a massive shot. Unbelievable. <laughs> I've, I've never been dropped in boxing. And um, I was all over him. I was thinking, oh, I got it now. A little bit of tidy confidence. He's not good. He was just nice and chill, nice and relaxed. And he was taking shots off me and I was pressuring him, pressuring him. Because I've got good pressure game anyway. And then he waited and waited and I made one mistake and he was just boom. Big, <laughs> big left hand it was. He's southpaw down the pipe. And all I remember is I literally hit hit the floor, bounced back my feet and tied him up. And I, my head was just spinning. And he was just giggling at me, giving me little slaps and all. And then um, we finished the round off as much as possible and we was done then. But um, yeah, Jamie, you know I mean? you're training with killers. You're only going to improve. So um, I love sparring with Jamie. I sparred Monday with him. I was meant to spar Wednesday, but then he had a problem with his car. So um We'll be sparring next week with him again, and um, he'll be definitely a regular training partner moving yeah. forward. Yeah, I, I think keep that mentality of like you know happy to lose in the gym, not happy to lose in the gym, but you know no happy to lose in the gym. At the end of the day, if you're the best in a room, you're in a you're in a the wrong room. I've always said that. Like there's always you should always be someone better. Like when you're a multi-style fighter, which MMA is, um, like there's striking which can be broken down into so many different areas because there's so many different types of strikers. Yeah. Um, even like an orthodox striker. So like um, Chris Edwards, um, obviously he fights in cage warriors. Yeah. Is one of the weirdest strikers I've ever dealt with because he throws shots. He'll throw a shot sometimes, which is literally he'll come from 12 till 6. So he'll throw an overhand right. It'll go round and almost like he's doing a windmill and he'll hit you down. And literally you'll be nice and tight in your guard thinking, oh, I'm nice and comfy for a straight. And he'll just hit you straight in the forehead and you're just like, I don't even know where that comes from. <laughs> so like there's... So many different types of strikers and so many things to deal with. Then you've got all different types of wrestling style. You've got like the sambo, then the combat sambo, because they are slightly different. You've got, um, you've got wrestlers, um, you've got Greco, and you've got freestyle wrestlers. You've got the judo boys. You've got, um, and then you've got people who've got all sorts of weird mix of styles. Then obviously there's the ground games and every person's ground game is different. Like, yeah. Um, the wet, um, sort of us um, in the UK, you've got like really good leg lockers. Um, I've noticed the difference in that. 
like in certain parts of the US, they have good leg lockers. Obviously, you've got the Gordon Ryan and you've got all the, all their team who are unbelievably good at everything in jiu-jitsu. But um, what I noticed from the, the, the wrestling-based gyms I train with, because they're so good wrestlers, they're all top-heavy guys who fight for position. So hitting leg locks on them is quite easy. During yeah. The, most, most. Because they're all, everyone's always seeking improvement. So, um, like, there's balances. Every style's different. Every place I train with is different. Like, there's guys here I'll train with who's got really good guard games in the UK, whereas there they seem more top fighters. So, um, it's just trying to improve everywhere. Like, you've sure, got to be, you've got to be able to beat everyone everywhere. Yeah. So, like, what would your advice be to a youngster who's looking to get into MMA? Um, what disciplines would be key for you if you were setting out again? Um, I don't know. To be honest, this day and age, um, you're better off going to a generalist gym, which is I I um I went to sort of there's people who specialize, so they they get good at one sport, and then that was the old way to do it. You get really good at one sport, and then you sort of try and improve to a, an average level and everywhere else, then you beat people your style. That was the way it first go. Now you have to be good everywhere. So like you have my sort of area coming through where I got good in every sort of area, and then trying to blend it together. But you can literally just go to gyms. And learn pure MMA now. High level gyms will teach you pure MMA. They'll t- they'll obviously break it down for you and how to improve in every area. But every time you're improving all the all the bases at the same yeah. time. Whereas I improved one and then I sort of added to each one and I got really good. Like I've got a BJJ black belt. I've got a judo black belt. I've got a kickboxing black belt. I got a positive pro boxing record. I've got a good Thai coach and I've been working on the Taekwondo fighter for God since I was about 18, 19, I think. So what's that, six years, seven years? Yeah, class, so, man. So you've done a decent. little bit of everything then. A yeah. bit of well, everything. a lot of everything as well, yeah. if you're black belt, man. It's not a little bit of everything. No, and it's every, like, I'm good, at, I've been good, at, I've been very, very good level at everything I've done. Like, my kicking's not quite there yet, but I'm dangerous with it. So yeah. when everything starts clicking and everything starts snapping and everything's the way it should be, I'll be knocking people out everywhere, I'll be submitting people everywhere. Like, it's just trying to make sure everything's tight and that's the hardest part, it's keeping everything, everything improving. Yeah, well... I don't know if your missus is just uh, critiquing you hard on the kicking because when when you've caught people with the kicks, man, they've definitely done the job, haven't they? But the damage like is there. It's same as my striking. Like my striking's good, but I still like when I dropped Adam Proctor with that left hook. That should have sent him to sleep. He shouldn't have sent him to the canvas. Like I rocked him with it, and I sent his eyes rolling around his head. But that clean left hook should have just knocked him out cold. So I'm still not there with my hands. I'm still not there with my kicking. My jiu-jitsu's still not there. My wrestling's still not good enough. And if, when when they are. You're going to see some amazing things from me. And it's only yeah. a matter of time because I'm always working, always. Like, you always joke, uh, we always joke that say, like, when everyone else is sleeping, we're working. Well, that's that's the way it has to be. Like, um, um, Jack Shaw, obviously another name drop. Um, he's one of, the, one of the things we agree on so well and one of the things, the reason I get on with him so well is because he's got the right mentality on it. Like, that guy's always running. He's always ready. His weight is always perfect. Um, he's always working every area and um, he's always seeking to improve. So this is what you got to do. That's that's the way you got to be. Yeah. Like it's, it's it goes beyond being obsessed. Beyond. He, he's putting in a lot of work. I always see him like you know he's he's wrecking the sessions in as well, the same as you. And it's do do you two ever like meet up, train together? Have you have you worked um, together I, much? We have previously, but um, obviously because he's abandoned weight now, um, and I'm pushing to be a big big lightweight. So I'm trying to put weight on. Like, I prefer training with bigger guys at the moment. So, no, we haven't really met my app. Like, he's got his own team there. He's got his own boys. So, not yet. We will definitely get some training in the future. Um, like, Jack's unbelievably nice. Like, I'm not just say, saying that because <laughs> a lot of times you'll say that about people who's in the same area. Like, oh, yeah, they're, they're really nice people, but you may not get on too well. But Jack's, Jack is exactly like he says in the tin. He's a lovely person and he's... Yeah, he, he seems real humble, like... 
I mean, um, like I've had it before where I've had people message me and say like, oh, look, um, like so-and-so, we're trying to raise money for something. Um, can you sign my T-shirt? And I'm like, oh, send it here, I'll sign it, we'll send it back. It's like, oh, can you ask if any of the fighters will do it? And I'm like, messaged him before and I've been like, oh, look, they've asked me this, give them the backstory. Like if I pop it down, we'll do it. And he's like, yeah, no problem, pop it to the gym. Pop it to the gym and then you've given me back like a week later and it's like, he signed it, Marshman signed it, like... Uh, Brett's behind it like they'll all everyone's yeah we're all there to help each other even and we'll all support each other like no matter where you're from we're still Welsh do you mean so um, we'll always back I'll, I'll always back a Welsh fighter no matter who they are even Class. if um, they're not the best they're not the nicest person to me or if we've had previous it doesn't matter like I'll always back them in a fight yeah yeah that's cool man I think so yeah stick together innit like 100% they, they've opened a uh, bit of a Gym up there, isn't it? it oh, it's like massive. It's really mental. Nice like, yeah. Set up, the guys lovely. The locations look lovely. Like, fair play, they've they've done a really good job with it. Um, like they've even got a nice like kit there of change rooms, showers. It's it's awesome. It's an awesome base. Awesome sound. Yeah. So you're training out of Celtic Pride, is it? Nice. Yeah. I train out of Pedro. Be- so I fight out of Pedro Besa. That's because I train out of Celtic Pride. So I do my Thai Jiu Jitsu there. I do my wrestling. and my I well. I'm more my Jiu Jitsu in Craig Gibbs Academy. Right. I do my boxing and my taekwondo out of Ponypool Boxing. So Carl Betty does my taekwondo there um, because he boxes at the same academy as well. He likes to mix it up as well. So um, he's got a really good taekwondo style. Um, I lift out of um, uh, Celtic Academy. Um, Reese Jones PT is my PT and he, he is based in the Celtic Academy. So that's in the Celtic Manor. There's a, there's a drop driving range and there's a private gym there and it oh, is right. perfect for what we do. It's, um, it's, it's big enough to be there's like three lifting platforms and a, and a massive track and like some uh, loads of other kit there, but it's all specialist. Yeah. So it's like a private closed doors gym for us, so it's perfect. And then, am I missing anything? I don't think so. But it's yeah, a so fair bit of traveling going traveling. on in your yeah, week. Yeah, well, um, I'll travel to Newport to spar St. Joe's. Um, I'll travel to Pony Preed sometimes to do my MMA sparring. Um, we're doing a lot more MMA sparring at Celtic Pride lately, um, which is an artillery. So like some days I'll go to Ponypool Boxing Gym, I'll train. Uh, I'll train there early I'll train for like an hour and a half two hours then I'll jump on the treadmill and run then I'll go home have some food sleep then I'll drive to Newport and lift or I'll drive to uh, like Abtelay train or somewhere like that and then I'll come home and then I'll be driving to Cardiff or even like I'll come back go to Cardiff come back yeah. and go to Abtelay so yeah the miles are ridiculous like um, some some years I've done like 15, 20,000 miles in my car do you know what I mean so it's crazy. Kind of crazy right, so uh, something I wanted to ask you because you know, just someone to look out for for the future. What would you say? Is there any sort of local youngsters you look at now and think that they're definitely going to be something special? 100%. So one of my good training partners who's come out at Team Alpha Mill with me before is Ellis Lewis. He's 18 now. Um, he needs to get fighting because um, he's dragging his feet on the old fighting thing because uh, he's got uni and stuff and he's got that mentality. He wants to commit 100% if he's going to do something, but he needs to get fighting. But um, he's unbelievably good at level. His striking is unbelievable and his jiu-jitsu is awesome. Um he trains at the same gyms as me. He trains at Caldag and he trains at Craig's. Oh, cool. So um, uh, he boxes at Gary Lockett's as well. So he's doing all the right things, do you know what I mean? So um, Ellis Lewis. There's a couple of other young boys in the gym. There's like Owen uh, Davis, I think. I'm terrible with names. Um, Yain McKenzie. Uh, Josh Hudson isn't young, but um, he's dragging his feet on turning pro. He's done some really good things, amateur. He had a really close fight with Oban Elliott as well. Oh, right, okay, yeah. When they were both families. But he's done some really good things and he'll be a good pro. Um, Lewis Pugh, who's a very experienced Thai boxer who's trying to step, who's going to step forwards into MMA, he'll be very good. Like, we've there's killers there, do you know what I mean? And then obviously you've got like Ben Ellis, who's 
yeah. a pro net with Cage with Cage What Warriors signed. Um, he is he's an absolute animal. Um, he's been really unlucky in his last two yeah, fights. Yeah, so he's meant to be fighting Jordan Peake on the amateur show. Um, Jordan Peake pulled out injured and then the amateur show got scrapped because of COVID. Then he's meant to be fighting on um, the trilogy and yeah. his opponent didn't turn up. What? So his opponent uh, didn't didn't realize he had to go into the bubble. So he, I don't know why he'd been doing as a pro. Didn't like read his contracts clearly. So his coaching team wasn't available to stay in the bubble because they had work. So he didn't turn up. Nightmare. Just rung in oh, and said, it, man. Like all that prep in it. I'd lose my head. I couldn't have that. So um, yeah, yeah they couldn't get he'll be a could, could that? And it, well, no, because obviously he was in the bubble already. Yeah, and by the time he turned up, they just expected him to turn up. He That's never harsh, did. man. So um, he was ready all the way through, and they were trying to find him someone else who failed their COVID test. He did everything and weighed in. Ready, yeah. And there was no one available, so um, he'll be on the next trilogy in in. Why, eight weeks, nine weeks? I think December. Yeah, December, isn't it? Yeah. Flying round. Can't believe I didn't start Christmas shopping yet. After yeah. That. Um, anyway, and um, Aaron, go, Aaron Khalid. Aaron <laughs> Khalid. Oh, yeah, exactly. Aaron Khalid's a big training partner of mine. Um, he fights a warp, proud weight. So um, he's been calling for that wild weight strap, and I'm not fighting Aaron. So um, I think. Obviously, when this UFC contract comes, he'll be next in line for that belt. Cool. Yeah, he, he was looking to step up. He, was it th- on the Thursday? Wasn't yeah, it? He, yeah. he won in quick succession yeah. as well. He was. Looking- the, um, to be fair with that, um, there was a bit of confusion. Obviously, that fight was ready to go, but um, I think they wanted him to stay at middleweight, and he sort of wanted to fight for the interim belt and go back down to Wilder and fight for the Wilderweight title. Like He's interested in staying at Wilder, and they said if he fight, take, took that fight, he'd have to stay at middleweight. And... Um, like he's a big guy, but he, I don't think he was interested in staying at middleweight. So yeah. um, obviously he's just waiting for that wildweight strap, and um, I think he more than deserves a, a shot in it. Yeah, I see. I see uh, one of the boys I went to school with training with you, Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a year above me in school. Like, I was going to say, yeah. um, I thought you'd be about the same age, age as me. Um, he's the same. He looks. Ryan looks old, to be fair. And he's, <laughs> uh, yeah, how long he's You'd been? You'd be training. glad to hear he that. He was a pro at like sixteen, wasn't he? Yeah, to, with pro debut at like I, sixteen or seventeen. He's a fucking animal. He is. Mate, I can remember going and watch him like down in Bristol, and uh, yeah, like shame really. Well, he's, well, he's back, back training, training now. Back yeah, training, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, is he is he looking to fight? Eventually, I think he's just got. Um, he'll never be full time because he's got a job. He's got the kids. He's got a family and. Like, there's no money in MMA to start. Um, until you go to UFC, like I said, it's still hard to make money. Like, I know guys in UFC who are still struggling to make, make ends meet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you see a lot of stories now, don't you, of UFC fighters who are still working a day time, job yeah. as well. Like, well, even, like, the heavyweight champ of the world, isn't it? Steve Bay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, that's a little bit different. Because <laughs> he gets the lift and stuff, and they give him time off with the fire brigade. But at the end of the day, see, if, if he's got a fight coming up and something um, horrific happens, he can get called up. He's not fighting. Yeah, uh, yeah. So... It's a big commitment, isn't it? Big like, commitment. even just having stuff take up your mental space, isn't it? Because 100%. And, like, sometimes, even if you work in an office job and you're not doing much, you're still you're mentally active all the way through and it's draining. So I'm to go to the gym and having to sort of thought process people and, like, you're, pl- you're trying to think their style out and sort of measuring distances and all sorts that your brain does um, automatically. That's when you're tired is a lot harder, do you know what I mean? So I'm happy living the lifestyle. Like, I, I live the dream. Like, um, someone asked me, what would you do with unlimited amounts of money? And the answer was, everything the same. It's just more comfortable. And my coaches would be on salaries. That's that's it. Maybe that's be, a hell of a driving, attitude to have. Driving a nicer, driving a nicer car. Um, everyone, all the facilities could be used in improvement. Do you know what I mean? There's no funding there for a lot of the gyms. So a lot of them are self-run. So, like, um, 
a lot of my coaches don't actually take money off me. Um, they're really good at a lot of things. Um, I had an argument with my jiu-jitsu coach today, actually, Greg, because um, they released new hoodies. So he's like, oh, trying to give him money for him. And he was like, nope. I'm like, look, I, I'm not taking a handout. So like, nah, 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 nah. And I'm like, bastard. So, <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? Being able to pay them um, their, their worth, uh, which is hard because they, they, well, you've got to put a number on that, do you know what I mean? But they've been able to give them a salary of something massive, even if they still they still want to work as well. It's just something that they can make a choice then, do you know what I mean? So I, eventually. Hey, mate, it'd be cool, I reckon. Like, I think you should probably, like, I don't know if people are working on it or not. Push something towards the Welsh government, like dump a load of money in. Cause There's no money. I know uh, there's so many youngsters like I think could benefit from well. To be fair, just training Olympic, like Olympic no. sports are going to take a massive cut now. Um, like to be fair, they postponed the Olympics with the idea of putting it on next year. Um, they'll they'll cancel the Olympics um, and then they'll try and put one in another four years, and they will be massive struggles for people. So um, I know the Olympic pole voter. Paul Volta, um, he just did a GoFundMe for money to prepare for next year's Olympics. I know Jim Shark did a massive donation for him. Fair play, big shout out to Jim Shark. Yeah, but um, honestly, like I just can't see because the Olympic funding is going to take a massive cut because all the money they spent, they got to earn back. Like all the money they've spent on like PPE and all these COVID schemes and all these COVID ideas and paying people and all this stuff, like the money's got to come from somewhere, and sport isn't essential. Like and that's coming from us from an athlete, like. It's a massive thing, and it's something that you should always be pushed for things. But if they're going to cut anything, they're not going to cut healthcare, or they're not going to cut the road. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, education. They're going to cut sports. Do you mean so? Who knows what can happen? I do hope. Obviously, coming from a little bit background as well, I hope they stay up. But um, I picked a good time to go pro when I went pro. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, definitely, mate, and especially, you know. Well, in my opinion, it's 100% going to happen, going to UFC. That's the place you want to be in it. 100%, 100%. Um, obviously, I had offers um, from one. I had an offer from Bellator. Um, my manager was in talks with UFC, but it's just really hard to get signed at the moment with everything going on. Um, you can't get signed for a short-notice fight at the minute because because of all the COVID stuff. They've matched all the fights up till the end of January or the start of January. So it's really hard to get on shows. And then to take a short-notice um, a short notice fight because of the, all the medicals that you started testing everything you have to, all the hoops they have to jump through then add COVID testing and trying to fly fighters out and all these sort of things with lockdowns and stuff it's just getting a short notice fight is very unreliable at the moment so they're not signing fight long term fighters um, they're not fight sort of interested in signing short notice fighters unless obviously you get lucky like Reese did and jumped in there Yeah. so it, it's just hard so um, when I get signed I get signed if I need a fight I'll, I'll look to fight but I'll definitely fight for the end end, end of the year. Hope uh, fingers crossed. That's my plan. But it just depends on where and who. But I'm not interested in Bellator. I'm not interested in one. I just want to go in UFC. Do you mean? And one of the things I always say is about is like if you speak to a casual fan and you ask, they always say, "Oh, do you do that UFC stuff?" Do you mean? They yeah, say, they do think that's actually MMA, that don't they? That's, well, that's the thing, and it's like because UFC is the pinnacle, and it, it, whether it's the best amount of money, because obviously Bellator's got a lot of money, um, it's still the highest opposition is UFC. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you really want to get there, be, be the name, and like you said, you have that retirement fund you're looking for, I think being a UFC fighter is probably going to step you in good stead for that. I just want to fight the best fighters in the world. And anyway. that, man, as long yeah. as, Do you mean, and those are in UFC, especially all these Dagestanis coming through, do you mean? I'd love to educate a few of them. <laughs> so, uh, what, what do you think of, uh, like, Habib? What, how would you try and combat his 
his game because well that's the question how do you drown a shark that yeah. is the question because you you have to drown him you have to make him uncomfortable and you have to hurt him and it's very hard because he is he has his own comfort zones and he, he's very good in his comfort zones so you have to make him uncomfortable which is very 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 hard to do it's like the the, the gate chi versus habib fight is so interesting same as the ferguson habib fight would have been interesting because he yeah. is beatable you just you've got to beat him do you know what I mean and it's easier said than done. Like, Poirier had a really good guillotine on him, and there was more chance of him going to sleep than it is him tapping to that. And that was deep. That was close, I thought. Deep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see um, Gaethje beat him, but, um, like, my heart says Gaethje, my head says Habib, so I'll be looking forward to watching that fight. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, so close now as well. Like, and it's on um, 7 o'clock, and I think. Is it? They're doing yeah, it I'm sure you... doing UK time. I'm sure wow, I read that. Is. I think yeah. I've seen that somewhere as well, but... It's either that one or this, this weekend, but I'm sure it's that, that one they're doing 7pm, so it'll be cool. Because it's cool. so hard, isn't it, being in the UK, having to stay up, like, I bet, well, I expect you don't do don't it, do, do you? But know. I've Watch done it, place. like, a few times, and Remember I'm a dribbling mess. We did it for the Conor McGregor-Jose Aldo fight. Remember, that was fun. Stay yeah. up at five in the morning <laughs> oh, for the main second fight. I, I've stayed up before and literally fell asleep like before the main event. <laughs> like you wait up till like four o'clock in the morning and then my girlfriend says all the time, she's like, Oh, come on, let's stay up and watch a fight. So I'm like, No, I want to go to sleep. She's yeah, like, Oh, yeah. why? I was like, I don't know, maybe because you can stay in in the morning. It's like she's in uni now, so everything's obviously online. And even when she was, she'd have certain days off. She'd be like, Oh, come on, let's stay up. And I'm like, No, you'll sleep in till like 11 o'clock. I gotta be in the gym <laughs> at 7 o'clock in the morning. I know. Oh, you're no fun. I'm like, No, <laughs> I want to go to bed. I'm like an old man. It's raining, isn't it? Oh, I hate staying up. I hate staying up. No, I just like I love I love sleeping. I love sleep. I love I sleep. You squat on a Friday, Saturday night, be right as rain Monday, mate. And like I can't even stay up and watch a fight here now. I'm a mess. I used to do that. Do you know what I mean? I used to go out Friday. Um, I've done this before, so I've literally gone out on Friday. Obviously, didn't drink. I don't know how people manage to drink into it. Gone out Friday, like trained all day, gone out, um, come in at like four, five o'clock in the morning, slept yeah. for a few hours, um, gone training the next day, then um, gone out that night. And then literally come in five, six o'clock in the morning, gone to sleep for a few hours and then gone sparring. I'm like, I don't even know how I managed to do that. <laughs> no clue. Mate, sometimes like you get in this weird place, don't you? Like I've had it on a hangover before when I was like lifting weights quite a lot. Sometimes on a hangover, I'd lift more than ever. I don't know what it was. Like probably still pissed if anything, but. <laughs> don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Like but mad, mad. Right. So uh, I think we're looking pretty good, mate. Yeah, it's been a, been a pleasure to have you. Oh, well, I haven't stopped talking. You probably had a lot more questions to ask. And Mate, I honestly, like, you've, you've just bombed <laughs> yeah. through them. Like, no, it's, good. it's class, man. Appreciate you coming in. And No, thanks for having me down, Jermina. Thanks for having me on. So um, hopefully, hopefully this contract will be soon. Um, yeah. As soon as I get signed, um, we'll have to sort, sort it out again. I'll come Definitely, back down. Definitely, mate. Really Definitely look forward to again. it. And it'd be class to have you on again. Wish you all the best in the future. I'm sure you're going to smash it, man. 100%, 100%. So, Thank you so much. Cheers, man. Appreciate Pleasure. that. Where, where can everyone find you just before we... Uh... Yeah, good one. I get distracted. So um, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> in, in, Instagram's the best. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm really good at messaging back on in Instagram. Um, at Mason Jones 95. Um, drop me a message. Any questions you have, I'll always I'll always reply. Just don't ask me weird stuff. But um, yeah. No nudes. No nudes, no. Um, my girlfriend will either kill me or um, I'm not really in the <laughs> other side of things. So um, yeah, Twitter at Mason Jones 1995. And Facebook at Mason Jones at Mason the Dragon Jones. So um, that's my athlete page. Give it a like, drop a question in, or wherever you need to, and um, I'll get back to you. Wicked, mate. Can't wait to see it. Thank you. Take Bye. it easy.